Well, I'll say good evening straight away so it sounds a little bit more professional. But um, uh, yeah, I don't know. Sam is just looking at everything. He's got a new mic. We've got an old <laughs> mic. Hey, less of the old. Not older mic. Let's, let's be let's be charitable. And Bruce is apparently jumping on at some point, though it's not like him to be fashionably late. Um, he is old. He is old. He is very old. Uh, but you know that gives us a uh, diverse, diverse reaction. I see you went yesterday, Sam. Have you recovered from the sunstroke? Yeah, uh, yeah. I didn't get. It was quite nice actually because you're in the shade in the stand, and there was a little bit of a breeze um, actually, so it wasn't unpleasant in the ground at all. Although I'm not sure I've gone into a ground as early as that <laughs> ever. But when I was in the ground an hour and twenty minutes before kickoff because it wasn't an afternoon for. Uh, standing around outside the ground or um, sitting in the car before the game, but no, no, I, I was I was absolutely fine. There was some lad with next to the drum who threw up apparently, which meant the drum got banned Amazing. temporarily. Yeah, I didn't see that. I've heard that on the grapevine. Um, but no, I, I was fine. I saw I saw an away day I saw an away day sleeper image yesterday of someone asleep in the parcel shelf of a train, a town. Yes, fan I saw, on their way home. I saw. Was it you? I saw that. As, no, it wasn't me. I wasn't on an L and the R train on the way home. <laughs> That's amazing. So I can cat categorically rule me out of that one. Is anyone here? We've got some um different people in the chat today, which is great. But um where's the where's the old guard? Have we have we come up in the wrong in the wrong chat room? Yeah, yeah probably. <laughs> now I'm broadcasting yeah. to nobody, are we? But it was... <laughs> I've ra I've rattled Alan Hardy, apparently. That's you just love I it. You, you oh, just love it, don't yeah, you? Yeah. Go poking 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 little sticks at people. I can't hear your witty remarks, I'm afraid, Sam. My headphones have died. Uh, their remarks, I don't know if they're witty. Annoying. One second, people. I got accused of doing a nearly funny tweet yesterday, so I'm on a roll. A nearly funny tweet? What, what was it? You have to warn us when Leeds. you're going to send nearly funny tweets up. It was, well, I can't remember who it was, but it was a, it was a one about lead station. Um, and, it, and someone replied with, well done, Sam, that was nearly funny. So if you, if you said that, yeah, I, I remembered it. Oh yeah, I saw that one. I had, a, I, had a, I had a mild, a mild tipple. You sort of went. Here we come, John Lilly. Four points dropped. Warsaw and Bradford. Evening, Simon. Evening, Andrew. Oh, evening, going straight, straight in, straight in there. This is just inane chat. This is just the inane chat. Dagobah now saying we're paused on his screen, so hopefully not. I, I seem to be all right on my end. I've got no one freaking out. Uh, good. Um, well. We will get going in a minute. I thought Bruce was coming on. He did say, he, or did he just give a proverbial thumbs up? Evening, Gemma. Well, how are you? Well, when he said, when Good I said, evening. when he said, when I said I can come on, and when he then said, "Oh, why don't you go on, Sam?" Did he think in place of him? Because I've discovered last week we finished early without the kind of the, the sort of ramblings of a the ramblings of a middle-aged man filling up filibustering the podcast every week uh andrew evening to you as well any thoughts on yesterday please do get them in uh, we got a tough them next week as well andy um andy gilpin from uh the fearless uh in devotion fanzine is coming on um he is a Wrexham fan pre 2019 uh so he'll be able to at least remind us of how cold the fa trophy final was in 2013 uh, which is what a real Wrexham fan is so in other words, he's a Wrexham fan. Yeah. Have you ever if you go on Twitter, but I don't do this. He's not a fan of a TV show. 
go on and put hashtag ask, ask Rexham, so W-H-X-M. Um, and it's basically just Americans asking English football fans how English football works. Uh, it's hilarious in, in terms of... The, the, oh, here he is. Good evening, sir. Yeah, oh, Simon. Like, Look at that's him. That's right. Simon would like to report that Sam was polite to Marana Hoddo yesterday. Uh, that's after him buying him a drink as well. So, um, you know, relationships are better. We're building uh, bridges. Yeah, exactly. when, you turn eight, when, you, when you turn 18, Hoddo, I'll, I'll buy you a proper drink as, a, as an attempt at kind of atonement for my, atonement for my sins. We'll probably Sam go buy uh, Sam more than three back and then, and then he'll be sick in your toilet. Sam is building bridges, unlike, you know, some of his previous predecessors. Um, uh, you call him Tom? Just, no, I'm just, I'm just no, I'm talking about others. You know, you just take a load of cash for planning one. Um, uh, Slappy says felt like he lost yesterday. Gutted, really. Playoffs out of the question now. Slappy's gone full. He's gone full. You know, five to six a, games in, <laughs> playoffs are over. We're never getting there. <laughs> Two Play points. Give the kids a game. That's a wind up in it. That that's not a genuine. That he's just trying I'm, to get a rise I'm out, happy, rise out I'm of us. Happy, I'm happy if it is. There we go. Um, but there we are. Who the hell uh, is Hula Hoop Lover? He's, he, he or she? He, they're new. PC Day. You're, 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 you're covering all the bases these days, too, aren't you? Gemma's in agreement. She Gemma's uh, in agreement anyway. She's saying playoffs are out of the question. Uh, may as well have a clear out. Uh, Stephen's well, in. Stephen it? with a bit of reasonability. Well, go on. Then. Didn't we? Um, was it? Was it Sam? Was it Sam and Mike? And between us, that we decided that from the first eight games, the difficult eight games, we needed fourteen points, wasn't it? That was a an adequate return. I think was was the, the number we came up with, wasn't it? And we played seven now. We played seven, haven't we? I said twelve to four. I said twelve to fourteen. I think. I can't I'm not does, does that mean we need to we, win at Wrexham? Yeah, we need to win at Wrexham, and we get. We've got ten points now. Yeah, we've won two and drawn four, haven't we? So yeah, we can't I, reach fourteen. So, so, I, so she's so so she's right. Slappy's right then, because if, if we need fourteen points to get to the playoffs, then we're not going to get them, are we? Right. We did do it at the start of the season. We did it after a couple of games, Bruce, and I can't remember what we said, but it was after about four uh, I games. Think it was, I'm sure it. fourteen was mentioned. I'm, 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 I'm sure somebody. No, nobody will be interested enough to go back and listen. But I'm sure that sort of like Sam says, I think twelve to fourteen points was was what we considered an acceptable. Uh, you know, I think it was the day that we talked about, or I talked about, that we had to take points off the top teams when we played them. And we couldn't just say that we've played the top teams and that's why we've got four points. That was three um, weeks ago. So we're doing all right. We're doing all right. But yeah, we're at Wrexham when it's on. Gemma's saying it was sarcasm for her questions about the playoff, being out of the playoffs. I don't believe it. Uh, no, Gemma, the, 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 she's absolutely right because we're doing automatic, aren't we? Playoffs are out of the question. Who needs Steve, them when you're going to finish top yeah. three? Stephen is saying playoffs out the question as well. Let's get this started so we can have a yeah, have a chat and everyone can. I'm I would say I'm going to play the uh, devil's advocate, but I was a little bit disappointed yesterday, so um, I'm I'm happy to be. Sam and Mike have already started to start their engines on it. I don't know what Bruce's opinion are, but we'll see you in a sec. Open wide for some soccer. And now the shipping forecast issued by the Met Office on behalf of the Maritime and Coast Guard Agency at 1130. Go! At 1130. I don't think I've ever wanted to be on a stand more than my life, and they are going crazy. 
Good evening, everyone. Welcome to the DM35 podcast. We are back from sunny West Yorkshire. Well, Sam is anyway, as is Bruce. The Mariners drew one all on their glittery day on Sky's TV. It was 34 degrees at pitch level, according to Sky Sports. Um, And the Mariners come away with a point uh, yet to defeat Bradford in nearly a quarter of a century. Uh, Was it the opportunity missed yesterday? I will go to Sam first for his live reactions, apart from the person next to the drummer being sick. Live, live reaction, well, delayed live reactions. This is why it's a good to think probably do this on a Sunday rather than straight after the game because you've had a bit of time to kind of process process it. Abs- I would, I would be a mug. I would be a mug if we did this the, on the day. So, <laughs> I don't think you and I, I don't think you and I'd speak, Alex. The, um, obviously, in the immediate aftermath, I was seriously pissed off yesterday when we're walking out of the we're walking out of the ground because. The game was there to be won. We were over the ninety minutes. We were so much better than they were. I mean, he was talking about we take need to pay, take points off the top teams. They ain't going to be a top team on the evidence of that. Um, so I, I felt way more disappointed than that. I did walking out of Walsall in terms of how if you can compare them because they're both relatively late. Obviously, later yesterday, points dropped away from home. Um, so it, 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 it's still very early days in the season. But you can maybe already see um, what we're very good at, which is um, we're a lot better on the ball. Um, we're a lot happier on the possession. We move a lot better. Um, we're still relatively solid, very hard to beat. We're very energetic, we're very fit. But we do still lack a bit of cutting edge and ruthlessness in the in, in and around the box. Um, and I put that, that's the reason you didn't win yesterday, rather than sort of tiring and tiring and, and failing to cling on in games. We need to learn to kill games off. And Hurst himself said he was acutely aware of that. We probably need, there were loads of opportunities yesterday to pick them off on the counter. But whether it was Danny Amos or Danny Rose, they both between them made a complete mess of really, really good um, positions. That might be because Amos was, I think Hurst said that Amos was feeling a bit under the weather. And that's why he got brought off for, for the GOAT uh, to go and play at left back out of position. I thought I thought there'd be a reaction to that one. <laughs> Just like Michel def- uh, defending, there was no reaction whatsoever. Bruce, uh, what uh, what were your takeaways from the game yesterday? Takeaway, so sorry, kill me. I feel I need to uh, hold my hands up though. I wasn't there yesterday. Um, Maisie's Maisie's season started, and that's gonna that's gonna impact. How did she on, do? I was, at, I was at Tall this Bar. Be the, uh, this is the reputation of the pod. No good if I'm the if I'm the only one who's going. Like those rumours are gonna start to come true that we don't go it's, to games. It's quite She's got clear. no game at the minute on the 21st of October and town are at Stockport, so that's looking uh, highly likely. I've not looked at the away fixtures between Wrexham. I can't go next Saturday. She's got a game in Lincoln. Um, and then I've not looked after that. Once the season settles down, if there's games that I think she'll win uh, or they'll win quite comfortably, then last year I did a couple of games and missed a couple of her games, but I don't want to miss the, the big games. Um, but yeah, I did watch it. Um, I think everything that everybody said, uh, you know, everything I think everything that Sam says is is right. 
I think we're going to go over old ground um, again. But I do think that if we want to play a possession-based football, it certainly looked... You, you guys, we were all at the Gillingham game last week and we all saw it yesterday. And I thought that we keep hold of the ball really well. And I thought in tight situations, um, we did we did really well. And historically, when we've done that earlier in the season and, and when we've done it a little bit before, a lot of the time we spend it playing, playing along our back line. Um, I thought there was less time with it along the back line and more of it further forward yesterday. But like Sam says, without creating the chances that our, that our possession should have done and putting the game to bed. Um, I don't know, Sam can probably tell better because obviously you only watch where the ball is. But I thought last week against Gillingham, we seemed to have players close to Rose and I'm not sure that we quite got them as close to Rose yesterday, whether that was the, um, the you know, the heat and, you know, that the, Clif- if Clifton's going to get there, he's got to get into, you know, they, were, they didn't seem quite as close to Rose yesterday. I don't know whether that's right or a, a false observation. It requires more lung work, doesn't it? If you're going to be constantly running beyond the strikers and having to run back. Um, so you'd imagine maybe Hurst would told them to just kind of, I thought in the first half it was very deliberate play from us to kind of keep the ball, pass it around quite slowly to try and deprive them of oxygen, if you like, and and the ball and tire them out. I mean, Quail I, I hold my hand, well. yeah, hold my hands up. I was, I was, I said about five minutes before they scored, they look more knackered than we do, and I thought that went back to the the first half when we completely dominated the game in terms of territory. But I'd go along with that. The, them weren't the men weren't as close to Danny yesterday as they, they were against Gillingham, but I'd expect them to be closer to him next week at Wrexham, which I suspect, by the way, will be a much which worryingly having not I say worryingly having not won yesterday, it'll be a much tougher examination I'd imagine at Wrexham next week because I say it again they were poor. That was that's a that's a big takeaway for me as well. So I we had we had tweets coming in from Bradford fans uh, over the weekend going if you do not beat us this time round you are truly shit half of our team is out injured and we are awful you could hear the reception you know at half time from the Bradford fans which actually you know ironically wasn't too different from Gillingham fans who now currently sit top of the league but booed their team off at half time and sang we are fucking five, shit I've been scored five goals all season that's that is peak like footballing shithousery, isn't it? To score five do you, goals. Do you think that's what played. Hurst looks to? Is that what it is? That's his. That's his football nirvana. Five the Gillingham goals, model. Five wins. Yeah, five goals. The Gillingham four wins. <laughs> it's goals. um. It he was a one nil. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's it. Well, yeah. He does, Mike. What What are your thoughts on the game yesterday? Then I'll come into mine. You can rip rip me to shreds. Um, I thought it was a funny old one. Um, agree with most of what Sam and Bruce have said. I think first half we utterly dominated. Um and I think if you're if you're looking at that compared to the gripes and moans we had last season, being that good on the ball and being able to dictate a game um and apply the pressure we did without creating too much first half is is a big gripe that we had. So that that's a massive improvement from last season. I think Sam's right. I think we were quite deliberate trying to wear Bradford down. I think we knew they were going to come back at a second half. You know, we're away from home. They're at home. There's a big crowd. The pressure's on them. They're going to try and change something, get on the ball more. And I think throughout the second half, we limited them really well. I can't remember them having a shot on target other than the goal. So the frustrating thing is we've absolutely dominated a game away at Bradford, which I can't remember us doing for a long time. Um, and we've come out with one point uh, and I think we deserved three. 
Now, but if you look around the side, I think everything we saw yesterday was positive. Um, I, I struggled to find many negatives from it. Um, being on the ball as good as we were um, and taking the chance that, that Danny Rose got, um, again, is another another sort of um, comparison to last season when we weren't taking chances, where we got very few, but we took them. So it, it's a funny old one. I'm not... Once you get over the immediacy of, of losing or, or, or losing two points late on in a game you, and you step back from it and look at it, I, I don't think any of us would have would have got into that game being unhappy with a point. And I think that's probably true with a lot of the games we've played this season. Um, it's always funny, isn't it? If you'd conceded first and scored the last minute equaliser, it's a whole different story. But in reality, the game was better from our point of view because we scored early and kept the lead. So it's funny how perspective changes just on who scored the last goal. Didn't we only? Didn't we only have two shots on target though? I can only remember the Rose header and Ganua in the second half. No, Ganua had two, and I think there was there was one that was um, there was one that was a little bit wide. But you know, I I tell you, we had we had we had all that possession, and we had three two or three shots on target. With your average shot shot to goal ratio, we're not going to score many more than one, are we? That's that's <laughs> my you know we we're not creating a lot. We're all on possession. We're not creating a lot. Whereas well, you said I last week, we, we scored twice and also forced three or four really good saves from the keeper. Yeah, I think you've also got to take the context. You're playing away from home. We're talking about not getting Clifton up alongside a striker. That's going to happen not away from home when you're away from home. You're, you're, you're up against decent quality teams in front of big crowds in big conditions. Sometimes you're going to have to be good on the ball and not give much away and take the chance you get. I think what we've seen this season is a massive change from last season. Maybe we didn't make the chances we should have done uh, this week, but we did last week, you know, so it, it doesn't just automatically change every week because you, you just don't do something in one game. It doesn't mean that's then how it's going to be throughout the season. I think I will what say, we've though, seen... I didn't, think, in... I didn't think they were going to score. Sorry, Mike. I, I didn't think they looked like scoring. I, I was quite comfortable going into stoppage time or whatever it was right at the end when they did score. They, it was a, it was going to take a good shot like it was to, to, to beat us or to score. Sorry. Yeah, no, I'd, I'd agree. I just I just think... The changes from this season to last season, whilst we're not there yet, and there's lots of things that we can we can think we need to improve on, every time we've said, oh, this this is a problem or that's a problem, it's sort of changed. You know, the football was dull last season. The football's better this season. We're not investing in long-term contracts. We're investing in them. Home form's an issue. We haven't lost since April at home. We're inconsistent. We've only lost once this season. So every time a gripe comes up, we do sort of come past it and, you know, Maybe we need to score more goals, but that might be the next thing on the thing. From what I've seen this season, I'm quite happy with how we're progressing. We're not there yet, of course we're not, but we're progressing. So I thought we played. Um, I thought we played really well in the first half. I agree with Bruce. Uh, we're guilty again of not making hay while the sun shines. We don't create enough chances. I don't think, especially given the given the the dominance we had in a game against a a, a very thin Bradford team. And I think that's something we need to remember. We keep just looking at the badge rather than what they're playing. Um, and I, I, I stand by the saying I said yesterday, Paul Hurst again, 34 degree temperature to, you know, two substitutions compared to their five. And I think you've got to use the squad you have available to you to, you know, make sure you, you get those marginal gains that everybody really needs because it is just such a thin, um, just a, a thin margin of error you never know what those changes can make. So uh, that's my opinion on it. And I think he's been guilty of that at times, but not always. Uh, but again, it's it's one of those, isn't it, where you you look back and, and make those changes. If we'd have come away with 1-0, he'd have been seen as a genius. But I think he should have 
he should have really uh, made the most of it while he could. So, okay, you say that, so should have made some changes. What changes would you have made? The middle three were fucked. Holohan, Clifton and Conte were absolutely fucked. And the 70th minute, Conte fell on his ass trying to get back for a ball and just tiredly run his leg at it. He's already been criticised for it already this season. The, the level up in which his fitness has to improve. I'd have brought on Hunt and I'd have brought on Andrews and I'd have brought on... Um, who else was the other midfielder we had on the bench as well? The, same, the, the new guy he's brought in this Ainley. Week. Ainley, yeah. Yeah. And if he's not bringing on those players then it says something about him and the people he picks. He bought Hunt, he paid for Hunt, and he's halfway. He's nearly halfway through his contract, and I don't think he's necessarily the player that he wants, so that's a mistake. But we need to... Could, could I make a point? Because I, I, you you two sort of on either extremes of it, and I'm sort of in the middle. I don't know where Bruce is. I don't is. think I'm on an extreme. I just well, no, no, no. In, in terms of, in terms of because... you think absolutely he should have made changes, yeah. Sam is less convinced. I'm sort of in the middle where I can see the reasoning for making changes, but I also can see the reason for it. If you're comfortable, like me and Bruce and, and all of us have just said, we were comfortable, you run the risk as if you change something, do you then upset the game? So if you're coasting and they're not creating anything, you look comfortable, you suddenly change your midfield three, does that then change the emphasis of the game? And then they're not up to speed, they're losing men, they're getting through our midfield. There's all these things to weigh up. Personally, I think you should have changed the front three to be able to press and to try and give an outlet for any pressure that's coming. But I can't see much much need for changing the midfield midfield um, central three for me. I think when it's I think this is different from what the usual criticisms are aimed at Hurst. Hurst is a manager that likes to stick rather than to twist, and that's worked for him as a manager. Yesterday, I don't think it was more of an ideological reason as to why you make those changes or not. I think it was simply a case of it was fucking hot and you manage the conditions and you should manage them well. You've got five substitutes available to you, and the fact we have left. You know, you know, conceded more points than anybody else. I don't think is necessarily the narrative to follow on this, but it is indicated that sometimes we are guilty of sitting on our hands and not making changes when we need to. And granted, it is, you know, a catch-22, a piece in which, you know, you never really know what the outcome is going to be, chaos theory and alike. But I think you give yourself more of a chance if you've got players with fresher legs on when it's 34 to 35 degrees out on the pitch. Yeah, I can see that school of thought. I just don't think it's as black and white. And you know, Paul Hurst said after the well, game, look, he, <laughs> Paul Hurst said after the game, look, he could, he could, he'll have to go away and look at the players' data because obviously they see their statistics with how how their intensity is running and things like that. So there'll be answers there, and he'll take that away. But I don't think it's a case of right, just change the midfield three when we are as comfortable. Because if he changes that and we go on to concede one or two, I then don't think we saying, will. Oh, I thought we. Defended, I thought we were. I don't, I don't think we were comfortable in that second half. I thought Bradford, Bradford were the better team. They didn't create much, but they were certainly the one team in the ascendancy. Simon, the first ten minutes, 10, first, 10 15 minutes, did a lot of territory, a lot of corners, built up a lot of pressure, and didn't create anything with it. But after we sort of rode but, that storm, they didn't would get we near not us. Say we're as, but would we not say we're as guilty as that? Because that's exactly what we did in the first half. Yeah, Lots but we've got the lead. But we've got one the lead, goal. and then they then they scored as well. So we're exactly the same. Yeah, but you're naturally going to sit back and absorb pressure, aren't you? You're not comparing apples with apples there. So we've dominated the ball when we when it's nil-nil and um, there's kind of like an equal standpoint in the game. Then they've pushed us back when we're trying to cling on, when we're just trying to hold on to, it, hold on to a lead. So you're not, that's different. 
And I think I agree with what Mike's saying about the, the point. So it's saying you change the midfield. The, the midfield is a big part of the shape. You bring on a new lad. One, two of them who've barely, barely kicked a ball from us aren't going to know as the shape as well. We, he's going to... I sometimes feel like Hurst can't win. He just... He's going to get criticised whatever. He got criticised for making substitutions earlier on and the earlier on in his career. Oh, when he brought on Parslow at Chesterfield, Chester most famously, for example, that that's that's an extreme case, but that was represent that was that was positioned as a kind of representative of his um of his negative negative, which we're going to come on to later, uh, mindset. But we've all throughout throughout his career, we've been really good at seeing out games. So in both spells, winning games one nil, winning games two one, holding on to leads. So I don't. I'm not sitting here saying that we've dropped a load of points. Winning position is inherently a problem. I just think it's you should look at more than what is it seven spell at the start of this one. Then going back ten years of her sides being very good at closing out games. Um, of course, if we're still at half halfway the season, we've dropped twenty five points winning positions. Then you can maybe say we've got a problem. But um, I don't think there's a big issue. But is the point you're making? It's more specific to yesterday, really. Yeah, it's not an Nigel's logic. It's not Paul Hurst is a manager that would prefer to stick rather than twist, which is fine. I don't mind that. It's worked for him. But I think yesterday, those players looked absolutely fucked to me. And so did I theirs. Think, yeah, but they brought in five players and made those changes, and they're the marginal gains to me. You know, five ten percent differences throughout a game, and I think that's where we fell. Um, yeah, this is the Parslow thing. And yes, you were saying, but then you say, okay, right, so Mishi's got it wrong. You say Mishi shouldn't have shown his man inside. Massively. Oh, yeah, let's even, we need a, we he's need one, a he's one, for this. He's one of the subs. Could, could I just point out we'll, something? Well, I, I, we, I, do you know what? Before we move on, sorry, Mike. Andy is waiting patiently. Well, I did say we'll, we'll have a chat. We'll, we'll give it a bit more time afterwards because I know Bob put a question in and we need to, you know, give it the time it deserves. But um, let's, um, let's preview Wrexham now that, the hand of uh, Scouse is back. Uh, get your best diving uh, scores out because Mullen is back on the pitch. Uh, and let's look. Let's talk to a team who are also part of a documentary where Grimsby Town were the winners. Well, it may have been wet at Scunny yesterday when they lost to a bottle of water. Uh, there is a certain player from uh, across the Pennines who might have well enjoyed a deep end or two. Andy, welcome to the DN35 podcast. How is everything over in 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 Wales? I'm not having all this uh, mulling diving nonsense. Come on. Would you prefer? Would you prefer handballs? Uh, well, maybe we could have got that <laughs> penalty that would. Uh, that... Which one? <laughs> when it, when it was, uh, one. Yeah, there was there was a lot in that there was a lot in that game. Um, there were about eight, there were about eight big decisions. Four of them went for us. Four of them went against us. The ref just got yeah, everything wrong. Yeah, um, but you know, let's move on from that. I'm, I was glad you guys went up. To be honest, um, proper, proper club. <laughs> no, and, let's not. Uh, let's let's revel in it. Let's revel in it forever. I just hope there's got to be someone who watches that TV show who is a really glorying supporting wanker and goes, "I don't want to." support the team that lost i want to support the team that won and he's now somewhere in who gives a shit america who's got a town shirt and all he can talk about is gavin Hollihan. there's got to be one at least one yeah he was probably on our pre-season tour just to rub it in <laughs> <laughs> um how how are things going there then so not the start you'd have expected 
No, it was the start I expected, to be honest. Uh, just because, that, and I've already mentioned it, that preseason tour, to, it was a weird one. It took a lot out of us. We didn't get back in country till the Sunday before the season kicked off. Our keeper didn't get back till the Wednesday or the Thursday. Uh, and that's probably part of the reason why he retired about a couple of weeks into the season. It, it, I think Parkinson's already been railing against it. it. It just seemed bad, bad preparation for us to go all the way out there. The time differences, we were, we were crisscrossing the country. We were playing at all times. We lost our top scorer. Um, it wasn't the perfect preparation for, for, for Phil Parkinson. For a fan, I went out there to the, to the East Coast games. I absolutely loved it. So, you know... I can understand why they have to do things like that because it keeps the interest going uh, across the pond. And we have to sort of accept it that we are somehow an international club now, which is still amazing to all of us. Well, that's a question I'd like to ask because I I always find that lower league football fans are essentially music snobs. And um, yeah, exactly. Do you, does it feel like your club anymore? Because I would, I think I would struggle at a point with somebody from who gives a shit America telling me what he thinks of Malarkey or, you know, Eastwood. Uh, what, mm. what does it feel like to you? Does it feel the same thing or is it something you've come to adapt? You do adapt to it a little bit. I mean, I've spent the last 20, 30 years of my life trying to get people interested in Rexham FC, taking them and saying, come on, this is a great match. And, and it never bloody works. So it would be churlish of me now to turn around and be annoyed that everyone seems to be into Rexham FC. Um, on the other hand, sometimes I just wish the nonsense would all go away and I could just enjoy my football club, um, I, you know, how I used to. It would have been the purest form for us to get promoted under the supporters' trust, but it wasn't happening. It was never probably going to happen. We needed this shot in the arm. No one thought it was going to be like this. And I tell you what, it's all going to ramp up again on Wednesday, I think, when the docu- second season of the documentary comes out. So we're going to go through all this again. We're going to pick up more fans. But to go back to your question about about America and how how they sort of perceived us, they are quite respectful. As I say, I went out there. um, And what I saw was a lot of people coming a lot of distance to see the club and to go to open training sessions. And I sort of of got the the feeling it was a lot of um, people who got on board for the documentary and didn't really have anyone to talk to it about because all their friends were still NFL fans, didn't give a shit about Wrexham. Um, so they drove a huge amount of time, uh, you know, and distance to come and talk to Wrexham fans about something that is is quite passionate to them because you know a lot of a lot of fans out there aren't soccer fans as they call it out there and don't have a team. Well, now they do have a bit a team, and it just happens to be my team. I do have a. I've got to say though, it does feel like we're the Frank Grimes of this whole thing. Um, for, for you know. We we do everything you do, less glamour, but better. You know, F, F, you reach the FA Cup fifth round. That's amazing. We reach the FA Cup quarterfinal. We get promoted. It just feels, you know, we need... I was disappointed when you your your game against, you know, Sheffield United got on the telly. We're going, oh, we could really do with that quarter of a million uh, <laughs> that you got from ITV for it. But it must be um, it must be interesting in terms of, does it change your perspective on where the club is? especially at the moment, I I would find it difficult to believe that there aren't Wrexham fans that are already questioning Phil Parkinson, given the start that they've had. Or is it just because someone like a talismanic figure like Mullin is injured, he can he can sort of get away from that ire? Or um, am I critical? 
I think you're a bit overcritical, to be honest. I mean, we, we lost the first game of the season when they just stepped off a plane from from um, from America to a very good MK Don side, who I think will give anyone problems this season. The two lads they've got up front, uh, Issa and uh, Jonathan Leckie, I think his, his name is. They're, second they're both best Yeah, the second bet. Yeah, okay. Um, but, you know, they're, they're, they're class. Um, so yeah, he lost that game. There was a lot of mistakes and we did, you know, we had enough chances. We just couldn't put them away. Um, I think since then we've been pretty solid. We're unbeaten. I think that's two, two in a row we've won now. Tranmere was a solid win and I'd say Doncaster was a lucky win, but we're on the edge of the playoffs. We got Mullin back. Uh, this guy Fletcher that we brought in looks, looks an astute signing. There's quality all the way through, through the squad. I think, I think, Last season, if we'd have been round, in and around like this, yes, there would be calls for us. But you know what it's like in the conference. Every every time you don't win, it's an absolute disaster. And I think in League Two, anyone can beat anyone and you can go for a bit of a barren spell, but then knock back three or four wins and be right up there. And I think we're all sort of quietly happy with where we are. A little bit under the radar. We're not running away, you know, running away at the top or anything like that. Let not, let's not, you know, Notts County can do that. Uh, but you know we're we're slowly grinding results away, and I think when Mulling comes back, you know he's just got he's just that little bit of sharpness that we need because we've just struggled up front, and that's the key key reason why we why we aren't further up. Do you expect Mullen will start next? I noticed he came on after an hour um, yesterday. Do you think he'll start next week, or do you think it it might leave it another week? I think he might leave it another week. He looks so rusty. Um, I mean, his first touch was all over the place. You could tell he hadn't had, hadn't had much of a preseason. I'd be surprised if he started against you boys, um, because you know, really and truly, you've got to work this guy back in. You can't have him blow up after forty-five minutes again, and you know it, that would be a disaster for our season. He, he's got to treat him carefully. I think. He, I think he might come on again after half an hour. Uh, sorry, with half an hour to go, and I think he'll be a lot sharper next week. Than he was this week because he because he he looked like he shouldn't been on the pitch on Saturday. But it's Paul Mullin. He wants to play. If he tells you he wants to play, you play him because he's your talisman. And the, you know the one thing he did do create havoc because they were a little bit scared of him. They dropped back a little bit when Mullin came on. I mean they didn't have to because his first touch was all over the place. But you know they did give us that extra space for other players. Yeah, yeah. Um, because is he st- yeah. is he still your best player despite all oh. the other signings you've made? Yeah, definitely, yeah. definitely. Um, without a doubt, it just—it's not just what he does on the pitch. It's his whole—he sort of buys into the ethos of the club. He's quite good with the documentary, but you know, he's a passionate—he's a passionate fella, and we sort of buy into that. It, it, it's quite a good marriage on and off the pitch. Um, so yeah, he's our talisman, I'd say. And you know, we we're absolutely gutted when we lost him pre-season uh, because we knew we'd struggle because you can't replace. Uh, a fella like that, and there's no way that we should go out and spend a huge amount of money to try and replace him because we knew he'd be back, and that just causes problems further up, further up the, the season. So yeah, without a doubt, he's our best player. But you know, the likes of Elliot Lee with a good preseason behind him, he started, he started like a train. You know, he's got six in six. He's he's another one you really need to look out for. Yeah, because as I say, you haven't struggled to score goals at all, despite despite having Mullen out the out the side. Um, was the main reason I asked that question particularly. Um, but what is one I've always wondered about Wrexham is how far do you think this project can take you? Because because of the the money involved, once you get to the top end of League One, because you're yeah. you've been out of this league at some point, I'd imagine. Do you think you can take it 
this there's the next level and compete at the top end of the next league or, or do you think there is a there is a ceiling at some point um i think there's a ceiling for parkinson i think he's very rigid in what he does um and i think you'll get to a stage where uh the money that we're bringing in from marketing and that's what mostly what it is. I mean, these lads, Brian and Rob, aren't chucking a huge amount of their own personal fortune into it. They're they're, they're covering the costs through through attendances, through sponsorship, and maybe a little bit of money from the documentary here and there, or, or whatever that brings. Um, there'll come a point in League One where you'll that money won't mean anything because you'll up against you'll be up against big big clubs like Portsmouth, and you know they probably just got more more. Um, more backing than, than even we have. So then I think you maybe need to think, right, can we get a young, more progressive coach in who can change the tactics a little bit and maybe make the players that we brought in just that little bit better? Um, and if we do manage to get out of League One, because I think you're right, eventually on this trajectory, we, we probably will get out of, of League Two. With, with so much easier. It's so much easier when you come into League Two, having been in the conference, isn't it? Yeah, With three automatic promotion places. Yeah, yeah. You kind yeah. of don't seem so scary anymore, does it? Because going back to what you said about one drop point is a disaster because it is with only one promotion, automatic promotion spot. Yeah, and, and you know, I'm not as worried about games as I used to be. I used to be sort of like biting fingernails and just really be tense about stuff and not enjoy games. I've managed to enjoy some games this season, which I hadn't I haven't done for the last five, five or six years. It's um, when. It's when Weymouth come and they stick <laughs> eleven behind the behind the. You've had fifteen shots on target from outside the area, and then they get a free kick in the ninety third minute, uh, yeah. just from you. And, and you know it. You just can feel it, can't you? And yeah, it's and bundled always, in by a plumber. Yeah, yeah. And, and you always go, oh well, well, of course they've got a long throw merchant, uh, and now we're the twats with the long throw merchant. So you know, <laughs> everything's come right. I mean, we we, we, a, we are just we're, as we're the better we're the better one, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, ours was free. <laughs> right. No, I mean, ours technically was free, but I think by, by, by the time you put the uh, signing on fee, uh, uh, yeah, he, he certainly wasn't. But going back to your original question, you, there will come a point if we do manage to get out of League uh, One, then they will need outside investment to get any and a lot of luck to do anything in the Championship. Um, to be fair, think, Re Reynolds is great though, isn't he? He's got all sorts of busy. He's well equipped, isn't he, to kind of attract outside investment. So that that yeah. wouldn't concern me really. No, and I think I think Wrexham would be quite a going concern at that point. They, I think they'd probably have a four sided ground. Um, I think they might have even knocked on with another with another stand by then. So you know, it would be impressive, an impressive prospect. It would be globally quite well known. Uh, through through the documentary, you know, the more we get promoted, the more seasons that documentary gets carried on. So because Americans are buying into the success now, so I think yeah, that's the not sort of next step. I think it it sort of it will evolve to saying goodbye to Parkinson, who's not a bad manager, but just sometimes you need to make your money go a little bit further. And then the next step is, do we get the right sort of outside investment to really allow us to push on in? In the championship, it sounds nuts, doesn't it? We we're in we we're in non-league last season, and now now you've got me. Uh, now you've got me saying what we're going to do in the championship. You've caught me out, lads. It's, don't worry, you, you're all going to fall for it at some point. At some point, you've got to become insufferable. But all we have to do <laughs> is just ask you what the coldest game in football was, and then we can sort of sift the wrong ones out from the right ones. Uh, because yeah, woking away, by the way, that, in that, that big stand. Got to go then, because if he doesn't think the 2013 FA Trophy final was <laughs> game in history, then the man is the man is reading from notes. 
Because uh, I mean, I'll be honest. I was twelve pints deep during that. Uh, oh, during that, that you... FA Trophy final. So I. Are I'd you basically? Pretty... <laughs> are you basically that of... Titanic? That Titanic uh, chef who uh, who survived by just downing a, a, a bottle of whiskey uh, when he stepped off the ship. Is that is, is that basically how you survived it? Uh, that survived. Did he get hit by a Brody penalty as well as he was uh, pro- stepping off? Mo- most likely, yeah, absolutely. Or you know, <laughs> I think that's still probably make, making its way out the uh, out the atmosphere there. Um, yeah, uh, yeah. Sorry, I, I feel a little insufferable myself now. But you, no, it's you, a, <laughs> it's got to be. It's got to be. Look, I mean, you guys paid your penance in that league for long enough. So I'm not I'm not particularly displeased at all with it. Uh, we all have a cracking game to think of, and there's been always a nice relationship. I guess the question is, so Andy, if you had divided loyalties tomorrow, Paul Erst puts you on the books at Grimsby as a coach or mm. a data analyst. How do you tell? What do you tell him to to beat Wrexham with? Okay. How do you how do we get through you? Um, look, Aaron Hayden went down injured as he always does. Uh, Obviously, never anyone around him. He just sort of falls over, and they're the worst ones because you know you, you know he's going to walk off or sprint off, and you think, oh, he'll be back for the next game, and then he's out for four or five months. Uh, it's happened twice now. Uh, it's probably going to happen again. No Hayden means not a lot of pace in that in that back three, um, and Howard can be inconsistent at best. So yeah, definitely try and turn us if you've got some pacey front man and can can hit them early. Um, you can you've got a good chance of catching us out. So that's that's where our main weakness are. Uh, another thing is our wing backs are very good going forward, but maybe a little more susceptible going the other way. So yeah, there are definitely weaknesses there. But if you allow us to dictate stuff in the middle, um, allow us to get on the ball, the likes of Luke Young will battle for any everything. Lee is very dangerous, and the two wing backs, Barnett especially, is 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 he's more of a winger than a than a wing back, and he will he will hurt you. Is it the guy who used to be at Solihull? Yeah, decent player. Oh, he's a really he's a really good player. Does McFadden still play for you? Mm, well, sort of. He does, he's still contracted, but you know this twenty two man squad, he didn't make it. Um, ah, because I remember because I remember it was a, the Tuesday night game in the league season. He. Would tore, tore us to shreds that evening. I remember he played. He, he would look like a really, really good player. I, I, mm. I thought. And to ask that question, um, we're uh, have we got enough? Have we got any pace in behind we can exploit them with? Um, are you... I, I, I don't. I don't know. <laughs> no, probably not. Um, well, I guess Andy, thank you so much for joining us. It's been great. I won't. You know, we won't do the cheesy thing of asking for predictions because you can't predict our games. Uh, usually if it hits double figures we're doing all right but um good luck for the rest of the season past uh you know past next week and um we hope we get another glowing uh reference in your upcoming documentary yeah i'm sure you will i'm sure you will uh thanks for having <laughs> me guys good luck again you know yeah um proper club glad you went up um and good luck for the rest of it you cheers too. andy you thanks mate thank yeah. you right well mike's back let's um Let's quickly uh, go through it. What do you want to talk about afterwards as well? Then let's, um, in terms of where do you want to, um, what do you want to talk about after we have a quick little break? I want to talk about our centre back pairing. Okay. Oh, Bruce sounds like he's got something to talk about. The the, the nine points thing seems uh, a relevant discussion at the minute. Maybe we'll have a look at that. Always does. (laughs) Right. See you in a second, guys. (laughs) 
Hello, I didn't see you there. My name's Alex. You may remember me from the DM35 podcast like five seconds ago. Um, we have uh, created some merch because that's what people do nowadays. Um, you were very kind to ask for some of the prints and the designs that we do when I get bored mostly. Uh, and so we've set it up. Um, it's on Etsy. We'll put a link up and you're more than welcome to have a look at it. Uh, just have a quick look. We've, we've tried to keep it as cheap as we can, you know, uh, as well as making a tiny bit of cash on it. I hope you don't mind. Uh, I didn't know. A stamp is £1.60 now. That is ridiculous. Anyway, um, we've bought a printer, which is very good, very expensive. And also uh, we did quite a lot of work on what papers work best and the like as well. So if you're looking for, I don't know, you want to have a Camille Conte shirt number, we can do one for any player you want. Um, Alan Powton's are cheaper, obviously. Uh, or whether you want Bill Shankly's quote, we put that on a nice bit of paper and put it in print. Uh, or whether you want um, the infographic that you all very kindly... I've just realised that some of you aren't even watching this, you're listening. Uh, but if you were interested in the infographic you all helped us with on Twitter, um, we've got that available as well. They come in two sizes, A4 or A3, because that's what we can print. Um, or, you know, we've got a beautiful sunset at Blundell Park, which I took when I was up last week. Um, then feel free to. Uh, we've done our best, as I said, to keep it cheap. We've also got some stickers coming as well. Um, we're just trying to work out how to make them a better quality rather than, you know, leaving them out in the eye open and then they, you know, the ink runs or something. Um, so have a look. Go to the Etsy shop. It's on the DN35 pod shop. Anything you do to is, is really appreciated. Uh, we will always have a look at, you know, trying to keep in this podcast as independent as possible. We've got some wonderful people who help support the podcast uh, and we don't always want to keep dipping into their pockets on a yearly basis. Um, so if we can do this, that would be amazing. And I'm kind of hoping then in the future, if this is popular, we can move it into um, T-shirts and the like. We just need to buy another piece of equipment for that. Uh, but we will keep expanding it if it's needed. So thank you for taking a couple of minutes. It's on the DN35 pod shop on Etsy. Um, if you've got any questions, drop it on, on a DM. We'll happily help out. Uh, and with that, we'll go back to the inane chit-chat because no one needs to hear us promoting ourselves uh, any more than what we usually do. So uh, we shall see you in a second. I did things. I want to see you put a t-shirt with the printer. <laughs> I probably would do as well. Lads, it's gone wrong. You, I want to see you do that. When did oh. you do that? Uh, about 20 minutes before the show started. <laughs> <laughs> right. Bruce, you wanted to talk about the centre-back partner, partnering because I'm interested in this because I thought it was, wasn't was too bad. What What are your thoughts? Uh, no, I think that I, I really, really, really like those two together. Um, and oh, I can good. see why, I can see why waterfall uh, isn't getting in the way we're trying to play. Uh, we all know what a good defender he is, but but obviously not quite so good on on the ball. Uh, that's not, like I said, that's not a criticism. That's just not his game. Um, but I uh, no, I really, I really, really like them. In fact, to be fair, I pretty like, I quite like, I quite like the back four or five at the moment. I just think we, I think we look pretty solid. Um, I don't know what you guys think. I like Harvey Rogers too. I think four of the back five are good. I still, I, I mean, I, I put it on Twitter yesterday and got a bit of pushback for it by saying I think we've got two conference left backs. What I mean by that is, we've is they're good enough to play. Right yeah, but he's not playing. Um, um, what I mean by that is, is someone who's good enough to get you out of the conference, but is not good enough to get you um, into the top seven in League Two. Now, I'm expecting a bit of um, pushback from. Um, my, my friend Mike above me, but the, the other four are 
as, as Bruce says, really, really. I mean, Rogers and Mars, I it's the best partnership I can remember, which is a pretty sad indictment of the um, the rubbish that I've been served up in my 20 years nearly of watching town. But I, I think Hurst, well, we, we tried to sign a left back on deadline day. He was pretty open about that. Um, it, and I think he just doesn't trust either of them, is, is the reality. It doesn't need me to to push back, Sam. It's quite evident you're talking shit about the left back. So I'll let everybody decide for themselves there. I think you're quite right, though, both of you, um, about defensively. I think I think Rogers and Mart look absolute class above what we've had before, uh, and I think Malarkey's been an absolute revelation. I think you start to see the teams we've played with the fourth lowest goals conceded, which sort of just cements that that I think we do look good defensively, and I think as the season goes on. They'll start to play with each other a lot more. They'll start to get to know each other. And I'm sure those clean sheets and uh, and fewer goals will start to mount up. So, uh, I'm, I'm, uh, yes, you are right. I think there is obviously a problem at left back. I mean, I don't think there is, but Paul Hurst does. So, it's a problem. Um, I, and I'm not... I'm not too sure about our depth in either left back or right back. So, I think that's nice where we've gone. He's just turning around. <laughs> I... Oh, they're my you... pants. Is this something you got to sell? <laughs> they're, they're my pants that I left at um, I left at Bruce's last week. That so I'm going to not pick... your pants, but the hell, mate. Just be careful what you're saying. I think we're all right. I'll be honest. If if left, it's not a souvenir I've prob- taken. It's not a souvenir I've kept, Alex. Trust me. If um, I need to ask you, Bruce. Actually, um, I think if left back is our problem, then we're not doing too bad. I don't think Amos. I don't think Amos and Glenn have started brilliantly, but I don't think they're the biggest weakness in the team. Uh, but Hurst has clearly identified it, and if there's an opportunity to bring someone in, which I assume was the guy on loan from Hull, um, then then how? Why would you not? Um, I would much prefer us to buy a couple of people who can score goals. Um, yeah, we've got to create chances. Don't everyone keep saying, "Oh, we need a striker." We don't create chances. It's not. No, that's it's not, true. Yeah, that's true. It's not, it's not a striker. You sound like one of them divs off bloody praise and grumble, Alex. That's a poor statement. I'm pouring oh, I'm not having this. What's this? This oh, man who, collect, a, this uh, man who collects pants from people, unwittingly people. I think we need a big bugger up front. I think you need a plan B. But yeah, I agree with you as well. We need to create chances too. Yeah, no, so well, I, you, I, you, I, I, I think we're going in the right direction. I think um, I think we, 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 you know, we need to we need to keep picking up points. But I think we're going we're going in the right direction. And I, I enjoyed watching the game yesterday. Look, it's 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 quite true. Yes, we need to score more goals. I, I just don't think the the sort of negativity from some about oh needs to be more attacking, needs to score more goals actually ring is true. I mean, we've scored the ninth highest, which isn't, you know, anything to write home about, but with the games we've played and the games we've played away is a decent return in the first few games. We're a lot better on the ball and as time comes, we'll start creating those chances. You know, Gillingham, top of the league, they've won games 1-0, 1-0, 1-0, so they're obviously great defensively, scored 2-0, no problem. Well, they they must be if if they've won five games 1-0. All evidence to the contrary, my dear boy. We saw it. <laughs> well, exactly, but it's, it's but that's because we were so good, you know. So that's that sort of reinforces because we don't need any strikers and anyone to create chances. Well, that's no, I think we're really, really close to being a really good side at this level, but we're a, we're just that ever so slight bit off it, which may well, as Mike says, come with time and players learning with one another as in time, um, and players learning in some gelling more. But we are still a little bit we're close to where last year. But we are still a little, little bit off being a really, really. Can I, can I make a suggestion? I think we are a Mart. You know when Martin Patterson came here on loan, Bruce. I got to look to you for this. Do you remember when he came? came yeah, yeah, over? yeah. 
if we get that, then we're going up. Yeah, because he was a sort of player that he could create. He's a bit like a Mick Baldwin, wasn't he? A, of a of a sort of he, he transformed that. that. He, he he was he, he could create chances on his own because we're not just we're not just looking for somebody that we say you you say you want a big man though. Do you know? Do we need that 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 forward that, that person that can you know burst into the box with a bit of skill and I, you know and I I think yeah I, I, Harry Harry's not the Harry's a you know he's a he's a he's a workhorse and he's a, and he's a, he's becoming a decent footballer but he's not going to dribble into the box. Um, you know are we, are we you know do, is that the sort of player if we've got Isa on one side? But then I thought I thought. I've not really noticed Genoa you know, um, a lot, but watching whether it's watching on TV yesterday or whatever, I noticed him a lot more, and I thought he was I thought he was very tidy. Um, Touch for the goal was quality. Yeah, it was, he put it down well, didn't he? Because they sort of came from back over his shoulder, didn't it? Uh, or sort of behind him. Um, no yeah, no and, he, and he didn't try and do too much. He went to take his man on, didn't he? And he's like, oh, hang on a minute, I'm not getting back, and then just knocked it back. And obviously, it was a. It was a decent, decent ball in that that split the two defenders, and I mean that was a, that was you know that was a, a James Hansen sort of type header, wasn't it? That he you know you, you had to there was he wasn't going to score a lot of different goals, James Hansen, but you put the ball on his head and you generally knew where it was going. And I thought I thought you know he headed it, caught it perfectly, didn't he? And it was you know it literally bounced on the line, didn't it? He headed it down onto the line, and the keeper was never getting anywhere near it from from six yards. Uh, but well, yeah, I I thought it was really I thought. I thought we did a lot of things very well for most of yesterday, and I I didn't feel unduly pressured, as we said earlier, when we were when, when they put us under pressure, and I thought we'd seen that off, and I and I I thought we were going to win the game, and I, I've not watched the goal back uh, other than a couple of replays after four or five pints. Um, I've not watched their goal back, but I mean it was a I think it was about the only place he could hit it where it, you know there's a crowded penalty area, wasn't it? And it was about the only place where he could have hit it and. The keeper would have seen it late, but it was in the side netting anyway. So I mean, it was a you know it was a decent strike, and and I think the only way they were going to score. The the point I was was going to make a minute ago about Rose is that if you put 30, 35 of those balls in the box, he scores twenty goals a season easily. So it's it it's not. I don't think it's a case of oh, do you need do you need a striker? I think I think we might have them. We've not seen Wilson and much of Pike, so there's two other options. We've also got Otis Khan, who's impressed. At stages last year, so we've got we've got three or four players that aren't in and around the team at the minute, either through injury or, or other reasons that you know could could be those players. So I think we need to let things settle down. We've got the new lad coming, uh, Ainley. So you know we we might have them here. I think a lot of what we've been talking about the last few weeks and might be for the next few weeks. We just need to see how things settle down and how we start to gel and play because what we saw at Gillingham and what we saw last week was was decent. When Khan comes back, it's becoming a bit like when Scannell comes back. I know I'm being a bit harsh there, but there is more than a bit, mate. He's he's always injured. He was injured at the start of last season. He was injured around Christmas. He's either coming back from injury or injured. Well, when we actually got him calm, when we actually got him fit for a few weeks, just just um just around Christmas and New Year last year, he was brilliant. But that's about the only time in his town career he's been fit. He's been properly fit. So yeah, it'd be great to get Otis Khan fully fit and firing. But I just don't think it exists. Maybe. He was fit to go to Mauritius, wasn't he? Well, I'd be fit to go to Mauritius. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm all right, Gaffer. I'm all right. I'm, I'm, I'm good. Give me, give me that green jersey. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Rich, my... Rich, yeah Richard Sutcliffe put something out, which I also saw that said uh, Jason Stockwood posted earlier. But which, by the way, great to see him. It, it, great to see him in the away end yesterday. That was pretty, pretty nice to see. And you know, we, we, we. 
we uh, send our thoughts and love to him after losing his mother. Um, and uh, he wrote a really nice piece in the Guardian, uh, Sam. If you want to go look at it, I know you don't really venture over to. No, that I, often. I've read. I've read it. I like to surround myself. I like to read and surround myself with information that I disagree with. I'm. I'm not a. I don't believe in echo like, chamber. <laughs> like the Financial Times. Um, could could but, I just uh, clarify something? That I was looking up. Otis Khan made 39 appearances last season. So let's not just say that he was injured all season. Did he? Yeah, Bloody hell. He was... <laughs> so, yeah, so let's not say... Oh, the guy was injured twice. So he was out all season. He made 39 appearances. So let's just... Alex, admittedly, 15 of those were for Pakistan in uh, in July. Yeah, I'll be entirely honest. Like that, is, that, would, suggest he, wow. that would suggest he was anonymous because I can't it's, remember. I'm neither here nor just, there on him. <laughs> it's not just me then that's got this perception of Khan never featuring then. But, so the stats don't back up what I'm saying though. That, that, Forty, I know he played a lot of games last. That's a lot of games even in a big season. That makes out like he was forgettable then. Yeah, it does. I remember him doing well at Cambridge. In the, did well at Cambridge in the FA Cup. Then he scored two. Um, he did. And oh. yeah, I think he's got he's got a bit to also like you say we we can't pin our hopes on him. Um, you know he needs to he needs to you, that would suggest that his consistency needs improving when he comes back if he's to feature if he's to get in this team. Uh, but Wilson um, Wilson looked good in pre season, didn't he? Got a couple of goals. I know the opposition wasn't always great, but he he got a couple of goals, and um, it'd be nice to see you know somebody somebody else up there. We've got a bit of. Got a bit of competition for places. We've just got to settle down, like Mike says, and see which of them, which of them end up being the favoured front three. Because we seem at the moment with what we've got available, that he's named the same team two weeks running. He's got, you know, that's clearly uh, barring what this new lad Ainsley offers or what he thinks of him. Um, he's got his sort of his favoured eleven or twelve at the minute, hasn't he? Yeah, oh, Richard, I think he's worth oh, Hang on, Sorry. I've got to put this out because it's been up for ages. Richard Sutcliffe said that Town has had the third hardest start when looking at who we've played. So it shows you where their positions are on the average. And I only believe Sutton and I want to say Swindon had a have had a tougher start in terms of their league. Doncaster. Doncaster. I think we're um, fourth, so. actually. I think we're a book. Yeah, I think we're a fourth. The, the graph made it look like we're third, though, because Doncaster were way bigger and didn't look like part of the table. Oh, did it? Okay, fine. Yeah, that's why, it's, that's why I can see how that's manifested itself. But uh, the side at the bottom, interestingly, played the easiest opponents were Gillingham, Knox County and Barrow. Yeah, they've all played us. Apart from Barrow. <laughs> I'm joking. That was just too easy. Sorry, low-hanging. <laughs> yeah. We can't be a town fans can't be self deprecating. A town fans can't be self deprecating. There's no hope. Um, but now, I, I, that, yeah, that laid bare what we were saying basically that we, we, we expected a tough start on paper, and it and it's and it's proved that way, hasn't it? In terms, but we keep taking apart from not counts, we've not lost another game. So we're um, we're um, playing um, so, yeah, we're playing better sides, and we're taking points off them, which is what we said we need to do. We then need to cash in against some of the so-called less fancy teams, um, and we don't need another winter run if we're fancying ourselves at the top of the league this season. I'm just looking. We've got the Wrexham game coming up, haven't we? I'm just looking who we've got after. Well, I've not really looked beyond. Well, while while Bruce that. is doing that, while Bruce is doing that. Uh, I want to just go back to the women's team because they played their first game of the season at home this week, uh, yesterday even, sorry. And they uh, they beat Mansfield by a goal to nil um, from the penalty spot by... Uh, there you go. Eden 
Eden Pedersen scoring for, for town. Mansfield then had a penalty in the very last minute of the game. Last minute, sorry. Um, look at this for agonisingly. Oh, that's unlucky. That that's a hell of a penalty. That is that must have scooted along the line. That Maisie at that post for the penalty yesterday. Did she really? Was it the she, same? She at the left at the left hand post. No, it was just a fraction to the left. It just came straight out again. Just just literally directly straight out. And it was, you know, you, you there. You you literally an inch or t- an inch and a half, aren't you, from it being a brilliant penalty in the bottom corner. This but, is how you yeah, take it. Really. We better not dwell on that. We better not dwell on that because anyone listening can't see anything there, can they? Well, it's nice to see though. So I mean, it's a good win though. It's good. It's a good win. It's a good win. Get rid of that gif. And they are and they are back in in action next weekend against Chesterfield as well. We'll put some more details up. It's free to go to Wintergreen Academy. It's a well worth you know spending spending your Sunday afternoon. Uh, watching the champions take on the, the the next league, which I think is the East Midlands Premier. So, you know, well worth it. Questions right, off Twitter, went... Mike. Have you got any that you... Go Sorry, go on, Bruce. I was just going to say, just uh, so after Wrexham, I'll just give you our next few fixtures. Uh, we're at home to Crawley. That's three points mm. with Mr. Depressive in it. Uh, then we're away at Swindon, which is which I, I've never seen us lose there, but we it's a tricky game, that. How on um, earth have you never seen us lose? How on earth have you never seen us lose at Swindon? I saw, us win, I saw us win the I saw us win the Cardwell game, uh, Mitch Rose Pen under Jolly. Uh, the worst decision ever. I saw I saw was it a season or two later? Didn't um, Luke Hendry score? We drew one all. Oh yeah, we did, um, didn't we? But because yeah. you, you listen, so my dad Nancy bang on about how basically if you've got Swindon and Hartlepool in the league with us, you might as well just put it down as no points and minus six goal difference from the word off. Just all about the lunch. Who's who's requested, because I'm staying with her before I go to Wrexham next week, who's renamed anti-lunch tickets, bed, breakfast and and, and travel. You've got no shame. No, I've got no shame. Right, so let's let's get off the inane chit-chat, as they would say. Uh, let's have a quick look. So, Bob, what place, Bob? You know, always cheery. Bob wanted to know. Uh, we've lost the most points from winning positions in League Two. This is because it was up on Sky Sports uh, yeah, on Saturday. Another two yesterday. What do the panel put this down to, and why aren't we addressing it? I would like a crack first. Yesterday, I think Hurst messed up, as we've already talked about in terms of you know getting players on, but that wouldn't necessarily have cured it. Walsall uh, was a defence. Defence uh, was a mistake defensively between. Uh, I think it was Rogers who just couldn't get the ball away, if I remember rightly. And then um, we played Notts County, who have got a very big, good team, and you know pinned us back twice at home. So I'm not necessarily sure. There's it's too early for me, in my opinion, to start drawing an, a long term narrative off it. I'm happy to open it up to the rest of you. We're not putting games points. to. Yeah, we're not I putting think... games to. We're not putting games to bed. Um... But it's promising to me that we are actually taking the lead in these games at the moment. If it carries on through the season, then there's a problem. But at the moment, it's early days. If we carry on playing like we are doing and taking the lead in games, we'll win a lot of games this season. Yeah, I I agree with all that. I think context is always interesting. We can we can bandish stats and, and points around as much as we want. But I think if you look at Mansfield and Notts County, I think they're just better teams than us. Um, I think the Warsaw one's the only one I'm really angry about, and that was a defensive mistake. Um, and I think yesterday, you know, 
you were away at Bradford, it, it can happen. Now that's not excusing it. It's saying, you know, you know, the context of all of those do do matter. I think if it continues into the season, then it's an issue. I don't think it is now. And it's interesting how the narrative can change. Last year, it was we weren't getting in winning positions. We weren't challenging teams. Now it's, oh, we are. And then we're not finishing it off. So as I said earlier, every time we seem to hit a bump on the road or we get a complaint, whether it's our home form, our consistency, the football we play, we, we go on to the next one and the next one. And there's something else to moan about, something else to complain about. You know, one of the things that I see a lot about recently, the last week or so, is that Paul Hurst is an inherently negative manager. I don't believe he is. We've seen negative football. And we've seen negative teams come to Blundell Park, right? And if you look at the stats, I've got stats and I've, I've looked them up and I've not had to be racist to anybody. Paul Hurst has managed 563 professional football games. He has scored 804 goals, which is on average 1.42. Yeah, which between 2016 and 2021 is above average. Right, so if his teams are negative, somebody needs to tell his players because he scores more goals than most other teams. So it's an easy thing to say. I don't think it's true. Sometimes he can be cautious, and maybe we got caught out with that on Saturday. But I, I, I just think sometimes we just look for the next thing to moan about. The next, right, we've fixed that. What's the next thing we can have a dig about? What's the next thing we can do? It's not an issue at the minute. If it is in January, then obviously it's an issue. What's Seven an games issue? in, the, the, the losing points from okay. losing points from from winning positions. You know, we've played Wimbledon, Notts County, Mansfield, Salford, Warsaw, Gillingham and Bradford. We've lost one game. He's that is an in- list now. That is a great start. Yes, there's things we need to improve on, but but come on, for Christ's sake. We, we apart, just from the County game, apart from the Notts County game, all those other games, we've only scored one goal. And I, I go back to what I said, that it's just not putting games to, to bed when we're on top. But like I say, I, yeah. I agree with you, Mike. I, I don't think at the moment, I think it's too early for it to be an issue. Yeah, that's fine. That's good. Can I go Sam, through these fixtures, Alex? Oh, sorry, go on, Sam. Oh, my. Well, yeah, no, go on then. Go on, what's the fixtures? Right, Sam, I, 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 you're, you're, you're never um, excitable. So tell me how many points we're getting from these games, OK? Uh, Wrexham away. None. Uh, Crawley at home. Three. Swindon away. None. Barrow at home. None. That's a Tuesday night. No, none. Uh, Tranmere away. Let's shit out the Tranmere. Tranmere, another one that we never win at, aren't they? Um, God, bloody hell. Just got a new manager as well. Just got a new manager. Well, they've got a no, they've got no manager. Oh, yeah, it's Nigel Adkins. He's he's there in temporary, shall I say, the director of football. Tranmere, I don't know, flip a coin. You'd instinctively think we should... Ooh, I I think we'll win that. Stockport away. Is anyone, is anyone writing these down so we can go back to no, them at the just, end no, of October? No, no, no. I'm, I'm, just rattling the, I'm rattling through these. Just There's a couple more to the end of October. This will be about another we'll, eight games. We'll lose at Stockport because we're due a defeat there. Well, we're going to get less points from the easy games than we are from these. Anyway, at Colchester at home. And that's the Grimsby way. Colchester okay. at home, Donny away. We'll beat, and we'll it, beat both of those. It gets a bit easier, but it's not loads easier, is it? No. October's on paper an easier month. Okay. Tranmere. Thank, Tram you, Mayor, thank Mayor. you for that, Sam. Thank you. I'll Sam. sit quietly now. I'll sit quietly. No, I thought that was good. Uh, Joanna says we. Joanna Jackson Gray says we win the next five. That's the positive. Dave. I don't think Dave Dixon has out has outstatted Mike here. Last season we scored one or nil in seventy five percent of our games. Uh, so um, 
It stands with Bruce's argument. Make hay while the sun doth shine. I don't think we're going to score enough goals to go on a, a ludicrous sort of Manchester City style winning run. But uh, I, I do think. Oh, five I think... games. <laughs> yeah, whoa, whoa, whoa. Not... Hold, your, hold your horses, young buck. Five games? That don't happen around these parts. I wonder when we last won five. We must have done it during the, the start of the conference season. But it, traditionally, her sides and the conference season kind of book this trend is that they start quite slowly have a good run around the autumn, have a crap run around Christmas, another good run in spring, and then tail off towards the end of the season when we're in them, when we're certain of the playoffs. That 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 is the Hurst sort of season run, isn't what would you say? Or do people disagree with me on that one? We won five in 2021-2022 in a row. We beat Dover, Altrincham, Woking and Bo- Bromsgrove and Yeovil. Five in a row. Hey. Yeah. Any I, others? I just I just don't buy. I know you've repeated it. I just don't buy that we're in the position where we're not going to score goals this season. I honestly will hang my hat on. We're going to score a lot more goals than we did last season. I think I think the start of the season, you have to look at the quality of the teams we've played. We've played first, second and third to start with. Do you, are, are they first, second and third though because we put them there? Well, no. The no first, the, because we beat one of them. We lost to one of them and we drew to one All of right. them. So... How many goals did we score last season? Sorry, this is all a bit. 24 at home and 25 away. So we scored 49 goals. I'll agree with Mike then. We'll score more goals than that this season. I can. I will say that with some degree of certainty. We need to if we want to do well, don't we? Yeah, yeah absolutely. You say if we don't, then if we don't, then I think that it's legitimate. You can ask questions then. And, and I think the fact last season, I think we didn't score goals because we weren't good enough in possession with the football. We've said many times this year, we're better in possession of football. If you do that, you have more possession. You're going to create more chances. Obviously, we need to we need to be better. We need to create more chances. But I think we've got all the fundamentals there to do it. So as we progress, um, you've just got to hopefully that these uh, these teams all um, start to gel a bit better. But, you know, those those we were worried about that run of games before the season started. We were worried about it because we thought we we're going to lose three or four on the bounce. And everyone's going to be calling, you know, for Hurst out or it's going to be pandemonium. And we've lost one of them. Just some of the Hurst Hurst out stuff. A lot of it goes back, I think, a long time. I I still think a lot of people have never quite got over the fact that he cupped his ear to them. Um, I think some people are still pissed off that they were wrong in the winter of 2021-22 when they wanted him sacked. And I think it is a maybe we give too much. Maybe Mike and I guilty giving too much energy to it in reverse because it is a very noisy. It's a very it's a small minority that's very that's just very very noisy. And frankly, I've got better things to do with our time than kind of arguing. The only, people. I Sorry, think I'll... I'm. I no, it's all right. I think I'm a bit of a devil's advocate when it comes to Hurst in terms of I do try. I I like him and I I think he's the hardest working manager we've had for a long time. I think there are you know weaknesses to his game, which is why he's not managing at a higher level. And I think. We all know what they are, um, but I also, I also, one thing I found interesting: the tweet I sent out yesterday. I still agree. I still think Hurst takes the majority of the blame for yesterday, as I've said already. Um, but I tell you something: the second you're critical, the the the, the first response is to go, "Well, you're not a football expert." But when we're lavishing praise on our players and telling them how well they're doing and what the, what we're getting right and what we're getting wrong, um, that that 
that goes out the window. We're not, we're just, you know, we're fans then. We're not non-football experts then. It's amazing how that quickly changes. You're only not a football expert when you're criticising. When you're praising a player, it doesn't matter if you're not a football expert. It doesn't matter what you can't see. You're saying the nice things, so it's fine, which is lovely in a way, but hypocritical in others. That's such a good point. Everyone was quiet. Um, brilliant. That'll do because we're waffling. Um, Wrexham next. Look forward to a, uh, you know, three points from them. Nice and easy. No one defends their back post and we win 11-10, uh, which seems to be. Anything from anyone else before we go, Mike? Good. Bruce? No, thanks, mate. Not all so good, mate. Thank you. Sam, anything you want to p- p- plug? We'd uh, see you all at Wrexham. Uh, not a chance. Right. See you all in a bit. Uh, and uh, have a good week. See you later. Open wide for some soccer! And now the shipping forecast issued by the Met Office on behalf of the Maritime and Coast Guard Agency at 1130. Go! 1130. I don't think I've ever wanted to be on a stand more than my life around here. They're going crazy. Hey, they got plenty here. They've been fish flying about that. There's no tomorrow. What a magnificent piece of football! Really, really!